0: Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars where Christian symbols quote scripture, pray eloquently and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Murder is evident
1: in the recent mass shootings in the spas in Atlanta recently, where eight people were mercilessly gone down. This also refers to the murder of the unborn who are innocent who are defenseless and cannot fend for themselves. And yet many Christians do not grieve the heinous atrocity of abortion. I was holding just a little infant baby, just a couple of weeks old, just the other day in the the cradle of my arms, and I just looked and said, I wonder how can people just snuff out a precious little baby like this in the womb? And if our mother had done this to us, none of us would be sitting or standing here today. That's right. If my mother had aborted me, she would have been aborting a gospel preacher and she would not have known it. And I wouldn't be preaching to you today. Thank you, mama. You might be in heaven, but I thank you today that you had me. As a matter of fact, my mother, praise God, that's that's worth celebrating. I can preach to you today because my mother didn't commit abortion. And when my baby sister was born, when my mother was pregnant, got pregnant, she got pregnant like in the late 40s. And they said, "Oh, this is a surprise!" But you know, I don't know why you think it's such a surprise. You know, when you do certain things, something (laughs) might happen. You know, I don't know why. You know, why, why, why? You didn't drop something out of the air. You know, (laughs) it got me out of the house. That's for sure. But, but the doctor said, "You know, at your age," he told my mother, "I don't think you should have this baby because this baby." may be born with some medical issues. They could be mentally challenged or whatever. And my mother said, I'm having this baby. And that baby that she had now is my younger sister. She's a pastor's wife at Jerusalem Baptist Church. Her husband's a pastor. My mama's oldest child, me, is a pastor. And my youngest sister is married to a pastor. And I'm so thankful that my uh, mother had my baby sister, who is a pastor's wife, doing a great job in Houston, Texas, Jerusalem Baptist Church. (laughs) Had she listened to the doctor? She wouldn't be here. And she came out healthy and fine. Listen, you listen to God and not man. We must not lose sight of the fact that abortion is murder. Abortion is murder. Sadly, abortion is not Emphasize enough in conservative evangelical churches, especially when approximately 620,000 legal abortions were reported in 2018. 620,000 in America. And this number does not include the illegal abortions that were done in this country. And nobody talks about it. Seldom talk about it. Don't even wink. Very few are grieved. Number four, what are we to hate? We are to hate evil. We ought to hate evil. Psalms 9710 a says, you who love the Lord hate evil. If you say you love the Lord, you ought to hate evil. You ought to hate pornography. You ought to hate sexual immorality. You, you ought to hate lying. You, you ought to hate gambling. You ought to hate drunkenness. That's right. You ought to hate cussing. And on and on it goes. Beloved, multitudes willfully sin and do evil because they love it. You know why people sin? They love it. That's why if they didn't like it, they wouldn't do it. They love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. They love it. That's why they do it. It feels good. And only when the Lord and his word convicts you through the Holy Spirit will you develop a righteous indignation against sin. Number five, we are to hate wicked, evil plans. We are to hate wicked evil plans. Proverbs 6:18 says, "A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. This is to manufacture evil, concoct evil, invent falsely, and to scheme evil against people, to plot against other believers. We expect scheming and manipulation and all of these things to be done in the workplace, but how tragic it is when believers get caught up into little groups, little factions, and scheme, conspire, and plot against other believers to gain advantage, which will tear up any family and tear up any church. Number six, we are to hate discord. Proverbs six nineteen b See, I'm giving you some things to really hate. You know, when you look at the television, they are not comprehensive and they're channeling your hate many times in the wrong direction. But those who sow discord in the workplace, we are to hate discord. Those who sow discord in the family, those who sow discord in the church, those who are contentious, those who are lovers of strife, those who are peace breakers, those who are whisperers, gossipers, grumblers, and backbiters. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may import grace to the hearers. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. If it's devilish, don't say it. And if you think before you speak, there are a lot of things you won't say. Ask God to put a guard over your mouth. Corrupt speech. So sowing discord is deadly disastrous and dangerous, and God will judge. Number seven, a will to hate apathy. Say apathy. Romans 12, 11 says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. This is one who has a lack of interest when it comes to the things of God. He or she is dull. They just as content if they're not here. I'm not talking about those who are not here for obvious reasons but there are some who just miss to be missing. I mean, they they can give a good day's work on their job and can't come in person and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. This kind of person is slothful when it comes to the things of God, sluggish. They're lazy. They won't even get up. And If they come to church, they come halfway through the worship experience. They're lazy when it comes to spiritual things. They could care less about coming to church consistently, regularly, on time. They're not on fire for God. Beloved, where is your passion for Christ? When is the last time you've come to the church for a whole month on time with your Bible, ready to receive the word of God apart from something beyond your control? When is the last time? Does it even bother you? That's a sign of your spiritual condition. You ought to be like the summits that said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What else are we ought to hate? We are to hate hypocrisy. This is a person who pretends to be something he is not. We ought to hate hypocrisy. This is a person who pretends to be something he or she is not. Uh, he is a deceiver and an imposter. Jesus hated the spirit of hypocrisy. He hated. I mean, come to church, go home. The biggest devil in the house, the biggest devil on the job. Come to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand up and shout. Sit yourself down if you're not living it. God is not concerned about how high you jump. He's concerned about how you live when you land. Again, I say to you, Jesus hates a spirit of hypocrisy. Let me give you a passage. I want you to go there and I want you to read every word with me. I'm going to read every word of this. This is Maranatha Bible Church. It's a number of passages taken from Matthew 23, 13 through 15. Matthew 23, 13 through 15. You see how much Jesus hated the spirit of hypocrisy. Let me just read it. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees,
0: Hypocrites!
1: You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. You know, some folk make long prayers and God is not in it. Don't even hear because they're hypocrites. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Ooh, hoo, hoo. did you hear that? Did you hear that? You make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Matthew 23, 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of men and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Matthew 23, 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Matthew 23, 27 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Matthew 23, 29 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Look, hypocrites, 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 because you build the tomb of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Apar means hate what is evil. Cling to that which is good. What is good? Now, we want to know what God thinks about hypocrisy? He hates it. He hates hypocrisy. What else should we hate? What a list. What a list. If we start hating these kinds of things and live up to God's expectation for us, we'll be a better Christian. Number nine, we are to hate financial debt. We are to hate financial debt. Only when you hate debt will you be determined to get out of it. Only when you hate debt will you be determined to what? Get out of it. Proverbs 22, 7 says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. Romans 13 says, oh, no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. The fact that America is going from one crisis to another crisis, one drama to another drama, one disaster to another disaster. I mean, one crisis to another crisis should serve notice on everyone under my voice to put your finances under divine management. All of you under my voice should make it a point and be determined to tithe and give God 10% off the top. And those of you who have been tithing long, even give him an increase from the 10%. All of you under my voice should, once you give to God, you ought to save. You ought to save rainy day fawns. You ought not have to charge because your washing machine broke. Uh, uh, Your microwave broke. You got to put everything on a credit card. You ought to have an emergency fund, something that you can access. Don't credit card your way out of things. You're just compounding the problem. Look how quiet it's getting now. I know because you're writing. Listen, we go from crisis to crisis to crisis. I just wonder, what is the next crisis? I'm scared to really ask. What is the next crisis? This is why we should get out of debt. The next uh, God wants us as it relates to debt to get out of debt. And then increase your, your credit score. Your credit score ought to be a great score. And you know what? It don't take them long to find out the status of your finances. It don't take three hours, just a couple of minutes. And they'll tell you, oh, no, you need to go back and keep working on it. <laughs> go back and keep working on it. But, but, but nothing. I'm looking look at the report. Everything is in technology. Shoop, whoop, whoop. You broke. You broke bad rating. When your credit score is bad, man, those interest rates you pay is so much higher on a house or on a car or on other things of such. And you say you ought to get completely out of debt. That's your goal. That's your goal. My goal right now, personally, my wife and I committed to go, we want to pay off our house within the next couple of years. We want to pay it off. We've been there about 15 years and we just ready to let that baby go. We're ready to pay it off because we don't know what's coming. That's right. And we don't want to be broke. And not only that, but when you do ministry, you got to understand, we have to depend on the giving of the people. And, and if you stop giving, I don't have anything. Look how quiet y'all got <laughs> my wife don't have anything. That's right. We still have our notes, house notes and everything else. We we live off what you give us. Only thing I live on is, is my paycheck. I don't, I, don't, I don't live on nothing else. Nothing else. My name is not on a check. I don't sign nothing here. We have people qualified to do that. You know. I, I don't want my name on that. I don't live in the finance room. I may go by there and say hi and give them a high five and pass on, but I don't. I don't sit down there and watch them. If I gotta watch them then they shouldn't be where they are. Do I have a witness out there? Huh? Amen. You know, what, what are you going to do? You've got to be ready for crisis. What are you going to do when they take away our 501c3 and you can't write the church, what you give to the church off as a tax deduction? Are you going to stop tithing? Or are you going to keep, uh, keep tithing, rather? Are you going to stop tithing because you can't get a write-off. Matter of fact, it's going to test your love for God. And you know what? It's only a few years away. Your love for God is going to be tested. The lights are on. Folks don't think about the lights being on. They're just on. The Air conditioner's on. That's right. Toilet paper's on the roll. But let the toilet paper roll off. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. As long as paper towels and everything's on. Nobody said no, but don't let it one sheet. (laughs) Hey, Deacon Jones! (laughs) Let's say you go to a custodian and thank them because there's paper towels in there every time you go in there. We just take some things for granted. Because we live one crisis after another, you had better be self-disciplined and know how to tell folk no And don't move on impulse and not move on your emotion. And you young folk out there, they're going to send you a hundred credit cards. You need to get your scissors and cut them up. And I'm going to tell you something else. You do everything you can to have minimum debt college-wise because that debt's going to come due. And they know how to subtract from your salary too. That's right. Uh, You you do work-study. You work two jobs. You be creative. You seek scholarships. You do grants. You find some freebies out there. Seek and you shall find. No, the, the birds don't go out looking, expecting bread to come to the nest. They got to get out and go dig in that grass and then bring it back to their little chi and they begin to drop it in their mouth. And that chi is not going to be 20 years old getting food from the mama. That's right. will not y'all say Amen. You 50 years old, still mama, can you give me? Mama, can you give me? What you going to give me? I'm daddy. (laughs) Got your hand out. Now, we ought to be a blessing and help our children, but I'm so glad my children can help themselves. The goal is to get them to be independent and know how to survive without me. (laughs) Say amen and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Show me every time you see your child, there's bad news coming. You better get out of debt. Get out, pay off that car as fast as you can. When you pay it off, don't turn around and get another car. Ride that baby a while. Ride it a while. Ride, ride it until it says, let, the car says, let me go. <laughs> ride it a while. Ride it, ride it, ride it, ride it a while. Find out what's wrong with it. Don't be a jackleg. You, You mess up the warranty. I think I get give me a wrench. I can go in here and do something. And then you, you can't do nothing. You mess it up. You take it into Toyota or Ford or Chevy, wherever you got. <laughs> and they say, somebody's messing with this thing. Your warranty's gone. These cars are designed now where well, you can't even fix it. Matter of fact, look like every house we, we've lived in, our air condition go out before five years. is so. up. They got these things. Time, when the warranty go out, the air condition go out. You know, whatever the warranty expires, Seem like it dies the day after. <laughs> My mama and dad had this freezer, cause we've been dealing with the estate and stuff. And they have this um, big box freezer, it's green. And it's, it's top, you push it open, you, know, you raise it up. Yeah. And they bought that when I was about 17 years old, still living in their house. And when we got ready to get rid of that house, After my mom and dad had been gone, here I am at my age, and that freezer is still running, still functioning, never had anything done to it, and we just gave it away because it wouldn't die. (laughs) I couldn't bring that freezer to San Antonio. My, my sisters and them couldn't, do, it was too big for anybody to have. So we just, we just gave it away, we couldn't do anything. It, and it's still running, I mean, it gets ice cold. They made things to last. Today they make things to die. I think I got the point. Listen, get out of debt as soon as you can and as you're getting out of debt, don't become stingy in the process. Number 10. We are to hate Satan and demonic activity. We are to hate Satan and demonic activity. We must fight Satan because he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We are to hate Satan and demonic activity. We must fight Satan because he has come to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10:10 10, A 10, says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Ephesians 6, 11 also says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So beloved, we are in spiritual warfare, but sadly, many believers don't even realize the war is on. Satan is not your friend. Satan is a vicious, lowdown enemy whose aim is to destroy your family, destroy your reputation, destroy your ministry, destroy your finances. He wants to destroy your unity. He wants to destroy your peace of mind. God has authorized you to fight that devil, and he has given you the spiritual tools, which is the whole armor of God, Using the armor, the shield of faith, the boots, the belt, the helmet, and all the pieces, stand firm and fight the good fight of faith to the glory of God. If you don't fight that devil, you will lose. You have to fight and put up a good fight. Parents ought to be saying, You can't have my children. I'm going to fight for my children. I'm going to fight for my grandchildren. And, and you young folk, teenagers, 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, you say, you can't have me. You can't have my mind. Yeah, a thought will come in your mind. In the name of Jesus, you don't have no business in my mind. Get out in the name of Jesus. That's right. I plead the blood over that thought. You're not going to catch root in my mind. I have blown to Jesus and so does my mind. Because when Satan gets the mind, he's got the man, the woman, and the child. Number 11, we are to hate, sin, but love people. We are to hate sin, but love people. We are to love people who are sexually immoral. You say if they're sexually immoral, yeah, you hate to sin, but you love people. You are even to love the pedophiles, hardcore criminals. You are to love them. You are to love the racists. You, you are to love people of other religions. Who do you have in your life that's of another religion that you have a relationship with that you can shine for Christ and your witness may win that pagan to Christ. I mean, if you stand away from, ooh, I don't know how he can do that, how she can do that, oh no, he's a racist, or she's this, he's that. How are they going to get help if you don't cultivate some kind of relationship with them to win them to Christ? I mean, separating yourself is not the answer. The answer is to give them Jesus. He's the answer. Whether they're Buddhists, Hindus, Mormons, Muslims, whatever they are, They, too, are God's creation made in the image of Christ. And we need to keep on praying for those kinds of people. We should keep on witnessing and reaching sinners because they are in need of a savior. Refuse to allow spiritual pride to cause you to forget where you came from. Don't forget that you were an unsaved sinner. Don't be saved so long that you forget what a hot mess you were before you came to Christ. Remember the things you did that your mama don't know and your daddy don't know to this date, You mom and dad's out there. Look how quiet he got. You weren't all that. You've done some things your mama don't know, your daddy don't know, but God knows and you know. So the same God who saved us from our sins can save others if they too repent and return to Christ. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. First Corinthians 13, one also says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass and clanging cymbals. Bring your Bible if you want to. You should. Dress nicely. You ought not be a, a just, a, just dressed any kind of way before the Lord in here. Come in here in a way that's acceptable before the Lord. But if, if you don't love people, the songs you sing, whatever you do in the, the media or in the youth ministry, the finance ministry, or counseling ministry, greeters ministry means absolutely nothing. If you don't love like Jesus loved, you are to love people without putting conditions on your love. You're to love people unconditional, unconditionally. unconditionally. In closing, as we witness the problems in America, and we should have a lot of them, the issues in our nation, I want to ask you a question. Are you part of the problem? Are you just complaining, being disgruntled? Are you hating and loving the wrong things? Being distracted by entertainment, politics, social media, retreating and living in isolation and fear? Is that you? Or are you part of the solution by being a witness for Christ, shining for Christ, being bold and courageous and taking a stand for Christ and his word? We will answer to God as to how we respond to a nation that is in spiritual darkness. This nation is in spiritual darkness. This nation is in confusion. And we as believers should be light and part of the solution and not part of the problem. This is no time to retreat and stay home and be afraid. God wants us to shine so folk can see the light of Christ in us. And all God's children said.
0: The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word for His word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge Him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.